So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Common Sea Inspirations, being produced here in our Common Sea studio here in Adda. And this is the 29th of December, the Sunday, the, it's the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary and Joseph. That piece of music that we used to lead us into the programme this morning was Oh Come All You Faithful by the Harry Christophers. As I said, my name is John Keeley. And help me to produce the programme this morning. First of all, I've got Shane Ambrose somewhere out there in Skyplan. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good, thank you. And my dear lady wife, Anne, good morning to you, Anne. Morning, John. Morning, listeners. Nice to have you back again, Anne, with us. So we're also, of course, um, very happy to welcome again our listeners, the most important part of any programme. Our wonderful listeners out there, some of whom have been with us for so many years now at this particular stage, who are maybe housebound, lonely, struggling in some way this morning. Our listeners who support us in prayer each day, each week, thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we also want to welcome those people who are joining us at 11pm each Sunday night. It's the most popular time, apparently. Um, just to let people know, remind people again, our, our programme is broadcast here on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 Local Radio, 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And it's available for playback and download on such a number of platforms these days, Shan, I keep on forgetting them. Just one more time, please remind us where people can listen to them all over the world. So if you're a podcast player person, you have options. You can listen to us on uh, iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, and on the other one I keep forgetting. Is it Stringer or Stinger? Strick, uh, Stricker. That's it, something like that. And also yeah. our own little uh, Come and See Inspirations, uh, that com. Uh, again, if you just Google Come and See Inspirations, you'll get us. Wherever you are, whatever part of the world it is, whatever time of the day it is, thanks again for joining us, and you're very welcome. And we, we do hope at this stage that you're enjoying the, the Christmas period, this wonderful feast of Christmas. But at this stage, Shane always shares some signs for the week, but before I ask Shane to do that, I'll just give out the text number. It's 087-6088-667. That's 87 or email, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Okay, Shane, who are you going to surprise us with saints for this week? Yeah, so it's 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 a strange one, of course, John, because we're still in what's called the octave of Christmas. So there's only two octaves left on the calendar. It used to be there used to be a lot more before the reforms of the Second Vatican Council. But <clears throat> an octave is where basically the church stops liturgical time, so that we can celebrate and appreciate some special occasion or event or mark something in particular. So the two octaves that are left in the church's calendar is the octave of Christmas and the octave of Easter. So what that means means is liturgically, if you're going to Mass, you'll actually have the prayers of the Mass with the prayers of Christmas Day. If you're reading, if you're praying the Divine Office, um, you're you're doing the prayers of Christmas Day as well. So it's it's a continuation, the idea being the continuation of celebration to mark the occasion. So we're in the octave of Christmas. So as John said at the top of the program, uh, it's the Feast of the Holy Family today. So St. Thomas of Becket, Bishop and Martyr, is not celebrated this year. Because we're in the octave, the, the, the liturgy of the hours is proper to the season, which means it's set, it's already there. Um, and and it, it, it's, it's particular to the octave that we're celebrating. So, Monday, John, the 30th of December, is the feast day of St. Felix, who was a pope. And uh, that's pretty much all we kind of know about him. There isn't a whole lot there. 
Um, he was son of Constantius. Little else is known of his early life. And he was elected Pope in 269. And he was the first to uh, suffer through the persecutions of Aurelian. And uh, and there's some of the early calendars categorize him as a martyr, but it's not clear. Then on the 31st, we have the feast day of St. Sylvester, another pope. He died in 335. He was elected. He was pope for 21 years. And he was elected in the year. Uh, he's, an, he's an important pope because he was the first pope elected after the issuance of the Edict of Milan. Now, what's that? Says you? The Edict of Milan was the imperial decree of Constantine the Great, which basically legalized the practice of Christianity in the Roman Empire. So he was the first pope after that. So he was free to build many churches. And Sylvester is, de- is by tradition claimed as the builder of St. John Lateran, the Basilica of John Lateran in Rome. And again, he was supposed to have sent legates or representatives to the First Council of Nicaea, and he was involved fighting the Arianist controversies again at the time. So then, Wednesday, the 1st of January, New Year's Day, but on the church's calendar, it is the octave of Christmas, that's the eighth day since Christmas, and it is the Solemnity of Mary, the Holy Mother of God, and in the in some calendars, it's also the feast of the circumcision of Jesus. So it's the celebration of Mary as the Holy Mother of God, a feast enacted by Paul VI, and obviously dedicating uh, the new year under the protection of Mary, the Mother of God, one of the most ancient titles that she holds in the church. Then on Thursday, the 2nd of January, we have the feast days of St. Basil the Great and Gregory of Nanzianzin. Now, these two guys are very interesting. They are very they always go together. You can't have Basil without Gregory. They were great friends and they studied together as youngsters. Uh, Basil, now, if you want to be depressed, wait till you hear this, John, right? His mother, his father, four of his nine siblings, and his grandmother were all canonized saints. Right? Right? So like you know, piety rang strong in the family, okay? Mm, mm. So he studied in Constantinople and Athens with his friend Gregory, and uh, he set up monasteries in, in, in areas of what's called Cappadocia, which is now in modern-day Turkey. And he is to Eastern monasticism what Benedict is to Western monasticism. He was a bishop and archbishop of Caesarea, um, and he fought Arianism, and he's a Greek doctor of the church, and he's a father of the church. Then Gregory was his buddy, and Gregory uh, joined him in the monastery. He was, they were educated together. Then Gregory happened to be elected Bishop of Constantinople, and he fought Arianism there, but he didn't particularly like the city, and after things had kind of settled down, he went back to being a hermit. And Gregory is very famous for writing on defense and understanding of the Blessed Trinity. So they're two big, important guys. Then um, uh, then on the 3rd of January, of course, in Limerick Diocese, it is a solemnity because, of course, it is the feast day of St. Munchen, one of the co-patrons of the diocese. We don't know a whole lot about Munchen, the 7th century saint, uh, generally seen as the first bishop of Limerick um, sometime in the 7th century. And there isn't a whole lot known about him. For those not in Limerick, you're probably celebrating the holy name of Jesus, which is celebrated on the 3rd of 
January. And that's because that's a moved feast. It used to be the first, which was the circumcision of the Lord, because, of course, when a Jewish child, a Jewish male child was circumcised, it was also their naming day. And then finally, on the 4th of January, we have the feast day of Elizabeth Ann Seton. She's an American saint, a very wealthy Episcopalian or Anglican family. And she was raised in high New York society and left it all behind. After 10 years of marriage and her husband died of tuberculosis, she felt drawn to, excuse me, she felt drawn to Catholicism and in particular the, pres- the, the understanding of the real presence in the Blessed Sacrament. And she opened a school in Boston and then she established um, uh, various schools around uh, the U.S. and basically started what is the parochial school system in America. And she founded the American Sisters of Charity in 1809, which was the first American religious congregation for women. So that's who we have, John, in terms of the Saints of the Week. Now, of course, as it is the beginning of the month, so the Friday is the first Friday, Thursday is the first Saturday. Oh, sorry, Saturday is the first Saturday even, excuse me. And the Pope's intentions for the month of January are that we pray that Christians, followers of other religions, and all people of goodwill may promote peace and justice in the world. And of course, that's very much also linked into the fact that the 1st of January is the day of prayer for world peace. So now we go for our second piece of music this morning, and this is by Marilla Ness, and this one is entitled Mary's By Child. So back and join us again in part two.
Welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Still joined on the other end of the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. Now, at this point of the programme, we will play some reflections that some of our guests offered us for Christmas Day. Unfortunately, there was no room to fit every reflection that we were given in. So this morning, we want to start off with one of those reflections. It's actually a prayer, and it's a prayer offered us by... Noreen Lynch. So let's hear this. A Christmas Prayer. A Christmas Prayer by Reverend Maureen Kinoran. Not gold, nor myrrh, nor even frankincense would I have for you this season, but simple gifts, the ones that are hardest to find, the ones that are perfect. Sorry. John, I'll stop and start again. That was a phone call. Murphy's Law, we all get it. Don't worry. I'm sorry, I thought I had the sound turned off. Work away. So I'll start a Christmas prayer again. Perfect, thank you. A Christmas prayer by Reverend Maureen Kinorn. Not gold, nor a mirror, nor even frankincense would I have for you this season, but simple gifts, the ones that are hardest to find, the ones that are perfect, even for those who have everything, if such there be. I would, if I could, have for you the gift of courage, the strength to face the gauntlets only you can name, and the firmness in your heart to know that you, yes, you, can be the bearer of a quiet dignity that is the human glorified. I would, if by my intention I could make it happen, have for you the gift of connection, the sense of standing on the hinge of time, touching past and future, standing with certainty that you, 
yes, you are the point where it all comes together. I would, if wishing could make it so, have for you the gift of community, a nucleus of love and challenge to convince you in your soul that you, yes, you are the source of light in a world too long believing in the dark. Not gold, nor mirror, nor even frankincense would I have for you this season, but simple gifts, the ones that are hardest to find, the ones that are perfect, even for those who have everything, if such there be. Amen. So now Father Frank Duick will offer a Christmas reflection, and that's followed by a beautiful piece of music entitled Make Room by Casting Clowns. So let's hear this. Right, John. So when you when you asked me to do this Christmas reflection, I was trying to one wondering what would I come up with. But I've been reading a book recently um, about uh, the Eucharist and its profound relationship with priesthood. It's really about the, spir- uh, the Eucharist-centered spirituality for priests, and there's various uh, talks and articles there by different people. But a few days ago, I was I was reading this one by Monsignor John Zenz, who's in I think it's Chicago, and um, you had asked me about a, a story, and I said, look, there's no point in I trying to make up stories. I think this is a nice Christmas story, and I'm just unashamedly reading it from this book, and it's not my story. I'm only reading a, a story by Monsignor John Zenz. About ten years ago, walking back to our presbytery from the nearby parking lot, I encountered a beggar, a frequent occurrence in that depressed part of the city. It was surprising that he was there alone in the middle of the afternoon. Most of the beggars came at the beginning or end of the workday. His was a face I had never seen before. Holding out a handful of coins, he asked for 33 cents so that he would have enough money to buy a 99-cent fish sandwich as advertised on the billboard in front of the Greasy Spoon next door to the presbytery. I reached into my pocket and handed him all the change I had, considerably more than the specific amount requested. He took offence, saying he wasn't looking for charity. I apologised, laughed and said, enjoy your lunch, and proceeded to walk briskly towards the safety of the presbytery doorway just a few yards away. But he called to me, come back here, father. And so I returned, presuming he wanted more money. Instead, he asked, have you had lunch, father? I hesitated, thinking if I said yes, perhaps he'd complain. I was just giving him fragments, my coins, for a lousy fish sandwich, while I, presumably, had eaten something more healthy and more substantial. So I said, no, I have not had much of a lunch. Technically true, a salad without protein at a luncheon with the Christ child ladies. Then he really got me with his next line. Since we both are buying the fish sandwich, would you like to have lunch with me? 
Maybe we could share it. Pausing, I tried to picture his, presumably, dirty hands, breaking the greasy fish sandwich in two. I thought if I sat down with him, where might this go? He would know me and might expect things from me, a friendship with a beggar. I politely declined, claiming I had a meeting and again headed quickly for the presbytery doorway. He called me back yet again, and when I arrived, exasperated, he asked, Father, would you have lunch with me another day? Embarrassed, I looked him in the eyes for the first time. I'd never seen such beautiful, deep brown eyes and a handsome face. I suddenly realised I was speaking with an angel, maybe the Lord himself. What could I do now, though? I had painted myself into a corner and I was too proud to change my mind. All I could do was stammer, yes, of course, another day. With that, I darted into the presbytery. A minute later, I rethought things and went back out on the street, but he was gone. Nor was he to be found in the sandwich shop. He had vanished but without the breaking of the bread. I realised then that I had missed a gift. I have often thought of the passage from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. In the years since, I've been watching for that man, but to this day, he has never appeared. For my part, I keep looking. This experience has has changed how I look at all beggars. Now I see myself as a beggar with them, looking for Christ. Father Frank, thank you so much for sharing that that thought with us and um, happy Christmas. You too, Jean, and all the listeners. Thanks very much.
So our final Christmas reflection this morning is by St. Sister Patricia Hogan, and that's followed by a beautiful piece of music, Angels We Have Heard on High, by Andre Bocelli. The Word was made flesh and dwells among us. Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let every heart prepare him room. So says the traditional hymn, and again, heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and so on. Today we rejoice. Once again, it is Christmas Day. Our hearts are filled with joy. We may be tired after all the preparations, which sometimes begin long before December the 25th. So too did the preparations for the first Christmas. Then John tells us, God so loved the world that he sent his only son. God created us to share his life. He placed our first parents in the garden of paradise to be with him and have a share in his life. In Genesis, we have an image of how God wanted things to be. We read, And God walked in the garden at the evening of the day. 
Just imagine our first parents enjoying God's company. We do not know how long this lasted, but we do know that our first parents broke their side of a promise. They gave in to temptation and did what God had asked them not to do. But God still loved, as John tells us in his gospel. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. He so loved those whom he had created that he began his plan of salvation. During the past few weeks, which we call Advent, we may have read or heard some of the readings from the Old Testament which show this. Isaiah tells us, Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his path. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Or again, On that day a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. New life, which we see today. Not by appearance shall he judge, nor by hearsay shall he decide, but he shall judge the poor with justice and decide aright for the lands afflicted. He shall strike the rootless with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Justice shall be the band around his waist, and faithfulness a belt upon his hips. Then the wolf shall be a guest of the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion shall browse together with a little child to guide them. The cow and the bear shall be neighbors. Together their young shall rest. The lion shall eat hay like the ox. The baby shall play by the cobra's den, and the child lay hand on the adder's lair. Certainly a very new way of seeing life. And again in St. Paul's letter to the Romans we read, You know the time has come. You must wake up now. Our salvation is even nearer than it was when we were converted. The night is almost over. It will be daylight soon. Let us give up all the things we prefer to do under cover of the dark. Let us arm ourselves and appear in the light. Let us live decently as people do in daytime. Let us armor, let our armor be the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, Christmas Day 2019, with gratitude we sing, Joy to the earth, the Lord has come. We kneel before the crib, yes, just statues to help us visualize what that first Christmas was like. But when I think the child that was born in that humble place was God himself, God made man. Joy burst forth from within me. Yes, joy and gratitude. This is proof of God's love for me. It is proof of God's love for each and all, no matter who we are, what we may have lived. God loves us and will always love us just as we are. Yes, God loves me just as I am. Are we ready to accept that love? 
Am I ready to admit to myself that God loves me? If I am, I can sing joy to the world. And if I am not yet ready, there is no time limit with God. God still loves me and always will. So, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing the wonders of his love. The blessings of Christmas, of God with us, on each and all. May our hearts be full of joy, and may that joy flow to all whom we meet today and during the Christmas season. God bless all. Thank you. 
So our thanks go to Noreen Lynch, Father Frank Duick and Sister Patricia Hogan for sharing those Christmas reflections with us this morning. Again, we were so thankful to all those who offered us Christmas reflections this year. So at this stage, we'll invite you to join us again in part three, where we'll read and reflect on the Word of God. So join us then. So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose, and Anne is still with us here in the studio. This part of the program is where we read and reflect on the Word of God. We we, we open up the Gospel for, for the day. Before that, there's a prayer we always pray that helps us to, to focus into what we're about to do. So, Anne, you might pray that prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thank you. Okay. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this for in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Anne. So the Gospel for today, the Feast of the Holy Family, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verse 13 to 15 and 19 to 23. After the wise men had left, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother with you, and escape into Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, because Herod intends to search for the child and do away with him. So Joseph got up and, taking the child and his mother with him, left that night for Egypt, where he stayed until Herod was dead. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. After Herod's death, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up and take the child and his mother with you and go back to the land of Israel. For those who wanted to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and taken the child and his mother with him, went back to the land of Israel. But when he learnt that Achilles had succeeded his father, Herod, as ruler of Judea, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. There he settled in a town called Nazareth. In this way, the, the words spoken through the prophets were to be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. So that's the Gospel for today, the Feast of the Holy Family. Shane, would you like to start off a reflection, please? Well, I suppose, John, just reflecting on this Sunday's Gospel, I think the thing that struck me most about it was the fact that it should cause us to stop and pause and remember. As we said at the top of the program, today is the Feast of the Holy Family, and the Holy Family is put up in front of us as a a model. Um, Now, we know there's different types of families and different types of family life today, but it's a model that's put in front of us um, 
for imitation as a community of love. And of course, the family is the is the keystone, is the corner, is the foundation block of society, which is called to be community of love and we're to be in communion and community with each other. But I think the thing that struck me about this Sunday's Gospel was the reminder to us that the Holy Family were refugees. The Holy Family were migrants to a foreign land, fleeing for different reasons. And I think for us today, that should cause us to pause for a moment and to reflect. Because across the world, the UNHCR has said the amount of people that have been displaced both those that are displaced in their own countries and have crossed international borders is as bad as it's been since the Second World War. And when our own holy family, our dysfunctional family of Nazareth, is a refugee family for us, that should cause us to ask and to pause and to see and ask within our hearts, where are we open to those that are fleeing? Now, it might be those that are fleeing to Ireland, yes, but also within our society around us, fleeing from drugs, fleeing from addiction, fleeing from abusive relationships. You know, that's the kind of thing that struck me on um, this Sunday morning. Thanks for sharing those, those thoughts with us, Sharon. Thank you very much indeed. It's certainly food for thought. My own thoughts uh, on this gospel today and the feast of the Holy Family, again, I was trying to bring it back as best I could, trying to do a little bit of a lecture or maybe bring it back to, to, to our own lives. And I thought, well, today we read about Jesus, about Joseph receiving the message in a dream to move out of his surroundings to protect his family. And all of us had, as, fam- as parents would at some time in our family lives have had to face maybe something similar with making tough decisions which might radically change the direction of our family lives. Maybe to protect our families from poverty or harm or some other hardship, we might have had to move home, move job, even move the country, move out of the country. Our first priority always would have been to take care of those in our family who are unable to take care of themselves, just like Joseph did in the Gospel. Our faith in the family unit has kept going strong without knowing where we were going to go. We wouldn't know how we were going to end up from time to time. This Feast of the Holy Family, as far as I'm concerned, gives us a chance to celebrate the gifts we've been given as a family, while also reminding ourselves that we belong to a wider family, the parish family, the faith family, the human family. But this wider family also needs us to help them, especially those who are unable to take care of themselves. Maybe with this, with this reflection, I might just finish off with with a nice little prayer that I that I picked up today. And I just added in this little bit to the start. It's, Lord, help us to see the need to walk with families in difficulty. They too are part of our family. And Lord, we thank you for our family, for the talents and good things you've given each of us. Guide us, protect us and equip us this day and every day as we grow together in your love. Amen. So, Sean, that's my little few words, I suppose, as it comes to the end of this year, 2019. We, as a sacred space family, also have so much to be thankful for, for for the people who share their time and their talents and their gifts with us throughout the year. There's so many of them to mention. Those people who 
we put in a little bit of pressure maybe to come on and, and share with us and, uh, and come in front of the mic, but they have. And they have helped a lot of our family, our Sacred Space family, to to be encouraged as maybe, the, especially those of those of, the, of our listeners who are there on their own every day, every evening, maybe 11 o'clock at night, listening to the music we play and listening to uh, to the guests we have on and listening to the few little reflections that we have. We hope that we've listened to the Holy Spirit uh, and to speak the, the words that the Holy Spirit has put into our hearts and our minds. And again, we want to thank especially those of our listeners who, who stayed with us for this year, stayed with us actually, in fact, for the last 11 years, I suppose, to, to stay with us in prayer, give us the encouragement that we need to, stay, to keep going on. And um, we thank God for, we, we also thank uh, West Limit 102 Local Radio for giving us this hour, uh, this two hours actually, every Sunday, uh, to be able to, again, proclaim the Word of God, but also have a little bit of a laugh too. Uh, and uh, the only thing I'd say, I'd say to you, Shane, every time you share those saints for the week with us, I, I shudder, what are you going to come up with next? Is there going to be something that's going to be what put people off their bacon or their sausage or their egg in the morning? <laughs> Listen, thanks a lot, Shane, too, for for sharing all your thoughts. And I'm sure you would also want to echo my words there of thanking our, our guests who have joined us with the year. Thanks, John. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 been a busy year. Lots of changes, and let's see what the Lord will bring in twenty twenty. So like Joseph, let's go out and let's see what's in front of us. In the meantime, we will go out with our final piece of music. Nice one. It's by my friend Don Moen, and this is entitled Emmanuel, God Has Come. So next year, from Shane, from Anne and myself. Happy New Year. God bless you all now. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Christmas is about His glory, Christmas is about His grace, Christmas is a gift of love our Father gave us. More than just another story about a special time and place, Christmas is a time to lift a song of Uh...
Christmas.